Bye, Chuck. Hi, has it been nine minutes? Yeah, uh, plenty, plenty of time. Thanks for calling in, Evan. <laughs> so this is Evan Weiss, the author of uh, Bike Snob, the book, and Bike Snob, the blog. Yep. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Um, I'm g I just finished reading the book. Uh-huh. I was very, I mean, it was, I, I was very happy to get it in the mail. It, it's, it's about one of the most beautiful books I've ever, I've ever owned. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I can't take any credit for, for the fact that it's a beautiful book. That was all the, the publisher who, uh, who hired the designer and the artist and who did a terrific, amazing job, and I'm blown away by it. I just did the words, the filler. Okay, the fellow. I, I assumed that it was some friend of yours. The no, no, I never knew those guys before. So, you have been anonymous for most of your blogging career, and now you've come out of anonymity. Yeah. Uh, was it to write the book? Uh, that was the immediate uh, reason. I knew when I started the blog I wasn't going to be anonymous forever. Um, mm -hmm. And... Uh, with a with a book coming out, that was the perfect uh, perfect time to to stop being anonymous. But uh, um, I I would have e I would have either way because uh, after a while the the anonymity served its purpose and the the blog established its voice and um, and I felt like the anonymity was starting to become kind of gimmicky. I mean, how long can you be the the anonymous blogger? Plus, people were starting to figure me out anyway. So after a while. After a while, you think you're, you're pretending to be anonymous. Everybody knows who you are. It's like it's like being naked and thinking nobody sees you and walking around, you know, naked. Huh. So, so people did know who you were. Yeah, here and there, I, I more and more people would would figure it out. People in the in the local racing scene or whatever, and and uh, you know, becoming an open secret or something. But uh, um, yeah, so that's why. But you know the. The, the fact is, I I was and am nobody, so it's not like it's not like one person knowing would blow the whole thing wide open. Because what are you going to tell somebody? Ooh, he's Evan Weiss. Like, who's that? Who cares? Whatever. Do you do, do you ever do you think that that not being anonymous will get you in trouble when you uh, criticize certain people? Uh, no. I mean, I don't think so. Good. I think most people know when they read the blog that I'm just. Uh, you know, they they get my voice, as I said, and they know that I'm I'm a wise guy, and and I've been surprised and pleasantly surprised since writing the blog that people people enjoy it. I mean, I'll write about people and I'll think, oh boy, they're probably not going to like that, and I'll hear from them by email, and they'll be like, oh, I really enjoyed the post. That was funny. So, so uh, no, I don't think my name being attached will change too much. So um, you've been doing the blog for a while. Yeah, three years. And um, what? What came from the blog, from doing the blog for you uh, before in your anonymous, and has anything more come from it since you've come out as, a, come, as the author? Come from it in terms of what? Well, what did you get from from the blog? Was it was it just personal satisfaction, or do you you know? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, the, the the immediate thing I get from the blog is that I just I I love writing it. It's 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 something I just absolutely. Love. I love. The, I love writing it. I love hearing from the people who read it. I love that people enjoy it. I I enjoy the process of it. I like. I've learned a huge amount from doing it. Both. I've learned a lot about cycling and bikes from doing it. I mean, I learn something from my commenters every day. And then, and and just writing every day makes you a better writer and makes you a sharper writer. So so the most immediate thing is that. And then uh, beyond that, it's 
it's allowed me to, to write outside of the blog. Obviously, I've written the book and mm-hmm. and uh, you know write a column in Bicycling Magazine and and have done uh, magazine writing outside of the blog. And I mean, I'm a writer. I love to write, so it, so it's made those things possible. So, but always always the blog is sort of at the at the center of my of my thoughts, and it's it's the thing that it's the thing that everything else radiates uh, from for me. So, what's your day job? What's that been? Uh, well, it's this now. Um, I was, at the time I started the blog, and until uh, this past fall, I worked uh, in book publishing at a um, uh, literary agency, actually. Uh, but I left there in September, and I've been focusing on uh, on all this writing stuff. So when I'm reading the, the book, I, I didn't know about the blog. I'm, you know, I have a bike talk show. I should know about the blog, but I'm not... You didn't know about it. I, look, <laughs> where you been? No, I'm no, I mean, look. I, That's know. the cool thing about the internet, by the way, is that uh, you you discover things all the time that that are popular that you never heard from. Things can just exist totally independently of each other, and and uh, I do that all the time. I, I find I find out about things. I'm like, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And I'm like, yeah, where have you been? Millions of people read it every day. But, uh, well, since then, I have. You know, everybody I've talked to has, you know, when I told them I was going to interview you, they all, they all know you. And right. some people, I had this, somebody in here right now um, from uh, from Cyclovia in, in L.A. Yeah. Said that he he felt kind of stung by uh, a comment you made about beekeeping. <laughs> stunned by my comment yeah. about beekeeping? He's stung? actually, he's stung? actually. Did you say stung I, by know, the comment? I, I, I just came out. I think yeah, really, that's good. Can, he's right here. Can can you talk? Can you talk to him for a second, real quick? About the beekeeping comment? Well, he might just. I don't know what he wants to say, but he, he was reaching for the phone. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay, here you go. Hey, Ben. This is Bobby. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. No, I, I was just. Um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't stung by the comments, but it's just. You know, I. I follow the blog occasionally, and it's just funny when it lands on something that you yourself do. Are you a beekeeper? I, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not pretentious about it. Like those people you were making fun of, like <laughs> th- those people really deserved deserved. Uh, the, they don't represent beekeeping yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> They're like pretentious beekeepers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't give the hives really silly names and you know talk about how. Uh, I well, I don't. In the Hamptons with the bees or whatever like that. So. I didn't mean to paint all you guys with the same like honey glazed brush or anything. So I apologize if if it hit close to home. All right, all right. Thanks, Evan. <laughs> uh, Evan, it's Nick again. I, I have several people in the studio. I think who'd like to talk to you, but when they reach for the phone, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. But, sure. Um, so reading the book, I I felt for the first time I, I was thinking, well, oh, is that me? Do I? You know, am I a righteous cyclist? Right. Am I, a, am I an urban cyclist? Or you have the different types. Yeah. Do you have, what, would you describe yourself as having kind of a talent for making people, uh, you know, w- want your approval? Uh, I don't, I, I would think and hope that people don't really want my approval because, I mean, why would you want my approval? Who am I? I <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, worthy of giving anybody approval. I think it's more... I think everybody recognizes themselves in, in some of these types, and I recognize myself in a lot of those types, and I think it's, it's so entertaining uh, of, uh, to, to, see, to see yourself or people you're, you're familiar with represented like that. So, um, 
uh, as far as actually wanting my approval, I don't think anybody wants it. Oh, the phone has been handed off. Hi, my name's Kristen. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. My boyfriend is the biggest fan of your blog. He starts every morning with your blog. So, oh, thank so you. So you're a breakfast conversation. Um, uh-huh. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> we love it. Um, I haven't had the chance to, to read the book, but um, I understand that, that you were a proud spandex wearer. Uh, yeah, well, when the, when the, uh, you know, when circumstances warrant it, I don't walk around, like, in the grocery store. <laughs> How do you feel about, what do you, my sister's a roadie. And okay. And me and my boyfriend just use our bikes to get around the city. We go on long rides, but she's trying to get us to wear chamois. Right. And for, I, I'm freaked out by chamois. I think it's just like a giant overnight maxi pad. And right. I, I can handle it. Right. Um, and my boyfriend is looking into the all-natural, original goat skin chamois. What? <laughs> yes. And it's I... actually, the skin itself, it's, it's called a chamois because it was originally made from... Well, chamois, you, chamois yeah, yeah, goat. in the old days, sure. But they still sell them. Okay. And he's, you know, trying to go back to the roots. He has this interest of being, of revisiting the original. Everybody's <laughs> got to do that stuff. Everybody's got to go mine, mine history for the old vintage stuff and be authentic and all of that. I, I don't understand why you'd want to do that. Like, they have synthetic chamois now. Just use the synthetic. It's well, easier. It's, as, it's, it's supposedly, it's just like it's not as lumpy. It's not as lumpy. It's not as lumpy as... I, I don't have a problem with, with lumpiness in my chamois. Maybe he just needs better shorts. Is the chamois... Do you think the chamois, is it more for moisture absorption or it's, it's from for chafing? It's for yeah. chafing and moisture absorption and all of it. I mean, if it's working for you with whatever you're wearing, that's what counts, but... I mean, if I get on my bike and I'm riding all day, I'm riding for like five hours or something like that, and it's 70, 80 degrees, and, and uh, I mean, I can't imagine wearing anything else. What do you wear? Like, just underwear, regular underwear, and like jeans or something? That would just be like, a, you'd have an ecosystem down there by the end of the ride. It's, Sounds awful. <laughs> the chamois, it's all, it's all comfortable, and you put a little, you put a little cream on it. This is getting really way too graphic, but <laughs> you slather it with some cream, and then you know you got to coddle that area. So it's not like wearing, it's not like having a load in your pants. Uh, no, it shouldn't be. Okay. I, I don't find I don't it. Know, to be but once my sister was waving around on our, our video on our video chat camera, we're we're really big, but um. The, the, your fellow beekeeper has another question. Here, let me uh, make the phone off. Well, I was just going to throw in on, on the chamois there. I was, I was a chamois skeptic for a long time. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah How can you be skeptical about it? Well, because it, it definitely looks like, you know, when you see someone off the bike wearing it, which you do have to do occasionally when you're walking to and from your bike. Yeah. Um, it looks like you're wearing some kind of weird futuristic diaper thing. Yeah, but, so, I mean... It, it, there's, there's, I think there's context in this world. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you're on the kind of ride where you need to be wearing all that stuff, usually it's about the ride. Like, yeah, you're not yeah, putting yeah. that stuff on and riding and then doing a bunch of other stuff. So the bike's always nearby. Yeah, yeah. So anybody is going to put you in context. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I think. And, you know, you could do the thing where you put the shorts over it if it bothers you that yeah, much. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fully converted. Like, I wear it, like, you know, because I, I ride, like, 26 miles to work, so I wear all that crap. Yeah. But uh, but I was skeptical, and it was just because of how crazy it looks. So I'm just I'm just telling Kristen, like, you know, just try it out on a long ride, you know. It's like if you go swimming. What, don't you wear a swimming costume? <laughs> yeah. If you go scuba diving, you're going to put on a wetsuit probably or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. If you go yeah. ski, I don't know, I don't ski, but, I mean, you put on ski clothes. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying, but all whatever right. works. Okay, let's move on to a, a non-chammy topic. Okay, yeah, we've spent way too much time on chammies. Hey, um, so, I, yeah, I just want to go over the book. It's a great size. Like, it, it fits in your pocket. You've commented, you've complimented everything about the book except the writing. I'm starting. I'm you like starting, the way it looks? Like you like the drawings? You like the size? I'm starting with the outside. I'm, 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 okay. I, I, yeah. I'm, no, it is a good size. I okay, agree. All right. What do I do with the stickers? Uh, well, you could stick them on stuff. Where's a cool place to? I'm sort of kidding about the stickers, but uh, yeah. No, I know. You could. Uh, I don't know. Like maybe um, stick them on. On your friend's bike when he's not looking or cool, something. Cool. Like someone who hates my blog and just thinks I'm a total jerk and like, that bike's up, guys. No, he hasn't been funny in two years. Put it on his bike. Um, how much does this bike, the book cost? Because I, I didn't, I got it for free. How much does the book cost? Is it, is it a, is it I like should a, know that. It says it on the book. How much does the book cost? 16.95. 16.95. Yeah. All right. Okay, you so can probably, you can get it cheaper, you know, from from uh, <laughs> retailers that I won't name. Oh, okay. Well, it's like anything, you know. You, you know, you, you have certain online uh, retailers, for example, mm -hmm. tend to discount things. Mm -hmm. Or if you have a talk show, you can set up an interview and with you and get an advanced copy. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll let pretty much anyone interview me. They're not very selective. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if anybody out there wants to uh, wants a free copy of the book, just pretend you have a show. Uh, call Chronicle Books and say that you need a book and they're going to interview me. They might get suspicious after a while, but it's a good tactic. Hmm. Yeah, I like getting free stuff very much. Mm -hmm. So let's um, talk about the, you have it organized into sections. Yeah. And you have some, you, one section that really stands out is the types of cyclists. Uh, yes. To me. Yeah, yeah. And you have, do you want to just go over the types? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I don't have the book in front of me, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think I got the roadies in there, uh, mountain bikers in there, cyclocross, uh, people in there, urban cyclists in urban there, cyclists. um, the righteous, righteous cyclists, cyclists, beautiful Godzilla's contraption captains. Is there any, any, anybody you want to hone in on? Well, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf, of course. Yes. And Lone Wolf. Yeah. Is that, I, you know what? I, at first I thought that that was you, but. Like a lone wolf. But because I was... think he's he's in all of us. But uh, yeah. that guy, the guy, um, I mean, the lone wolf is a type of cyclist, but there's also a guy I, I talk about on my blog who kind of exemplifies the, the lone wolf type. And uh, he is actually in Los Angeles, that guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Can and we... uh, if you go to my blog and you, like, uh, do a search for lone wolf, you'll see pictures of him. Um, He's and and uh, people. He he turns up at big events like the Tour of California. Like he'll he'll always come out to watch the race. And he's a guy. He's got like a really exotic, a, a, a U.S. national team Olympic time trial bike, and he wears uh, like white 
running shoes and and uh, usually like a golden sweatshirt, and he's got really he's got kind of a a majestic mullety kind of haircut, and he's uh, and he just uh, he he always shows up at these special occasions, and he's sort of the lone wolf, and he's all beatific and everything, and he's uh, he's a really compelling character. But he's an LA guy, and he also rides around a lot. People have sent me pictures of him riding on like a it's like an old mountain bike, but he's got a fairing on it, and he has this kind of uh, bottled water tree behind the seat. So I'll have like six or seven bottles of like crystal geyser or whatever spring water kind of on the back. It's really kind of impressive. Yeah, I think I've seen him at Amgen. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, here's Liz with a question. Yeah. Hey there. Um, this is Liz. I don't know if you remember, but without naming names, like I emailed you a while back about maybe a job that I hated that required certain writing. And oh, was, yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I was like, what do I do? And right. you were like, just, you know, keep trying. Um, right. I think I was I was fired shortly thereafter. Oh, be, oh <laughs> good, I gave you bad advice. <laughs> well, no, 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 probably for reading too much bike snob at work. But oh. anyway, <laughs> I I'm hope they're not listening. But anyway, um, first of all, I want to say that I have seen... I have seen the lone wolf in action, and I've yeah. been, like, up close, you know, like, and I've been able to observe him. Yeah. And uh, he must be pretty hydrated with the, the water bottle tree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Somebody told me, somebody emailed me and said that they talked to him on a ride, and and he said, like, I think he's a Native American or part Native American, and he said, and and he explained to them something about how he does he doesn't sweat or something like that, <laughs> like he's he has immunity to heat or something. Well, he does like he does wear like full body like coverage when he's out riding, and it's usually like at the beach. Um, yeah, I've observed him in Santa Monica. Yeah, um, he's very hydrated and he's very fast with the 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 wheel the USA wheels. Yeah. And the, the, the shield, the, like, motorcycle shield on the front. Yeah, it's got the fairing <laughs> on there. Yeah. He knows he knows what he's doing. It's very futuristic. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I was glancing through the book right now, and you have a you have a, a chapter titled, Why Is Everyone Trying to Kill Me? Yes. Um, and, uh, like, it's funny. My sisters, my whole family lives out in suburbia, so when they ride bikes, it's, like, in these really luxurious bike lanes and oh, my, yeah. my little and I ride out in LA and my little sister's always like how do you do that aren't you scared yeah um, she's so scared for my safety she bought me a road ID which I thought was cute but is not going to keep the cars from coming at me oh yeah um, yeah I was just I was actually just wondering if you saw that um if you'd heard about I mean you probably have but the incident the recent incident in San Francisco yeah um, I did hear about that yeah and I, I kind of um I have to say, you know, I'm on leave from the blog this week. Uh -huh. I took a week off because, right. uh, you know, I had, we, we had a kid and uh, last weekend, so we're kind of figuring out how he works. Uh -huh. But, um, yeah, I saw that that came up, and, and I was sort of trying not to read about it because it just sounded so awful and just like the kind of thing that you read and just get furious about. Um, um, yeah, it's terrible. I mean, you read stuff like that all the time. It's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, and when then, what do you think about like when you? Or, I mean, you don't have to if you don't, you know, want to deal with it right now. I, you know, you just had a a, a little one. Congrats no, on that. And you don't want to like hear about all this. But you know, yeah. we were my a friend and I were looking at the comments in that article, and yeah. it's always interesting how anything that has to do with like cyclists always 
generates this kind of, um, this whole, it becomes this war in the comments, like cyclists versus motorists, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, uh-huh. you guys... No, it always, any kind of mainstream uh, story involving cyclists or cars and cyclists, always, yeah, it just becomes a total flame war and all that hate comes out and all of that kind of stuff. And I... I don't know. I, I I think the thing that bothers me most about it is that everybody everybody seems to want to think in terms of cyclists and non-cyclists. Like every time I do, you know, I've been been lucky enough that people want to interview me now because I've got this book out. Uh-huh. And any time I go on the radio or something like that, they want to, they, you know, the topic comes up like cars versus bikes, and I just don't know why we're like this why why is it cars versus bikes why we're all we're all it sounds now i'm getting really corny but it's like we're all people everybody's people and most people who ride bikes also drive now and again and vice versa you know plenty of drivers ride bikes and i don't know why everything's gotten why why we've gotten to this point where we all identify ourselves uh with our vehicles it's terrible you know and i i mean uh People uh, people like to argue, and it's become one of those things that people just like to snipe at each other about. Yeah, I feel like one of my favorite anti-cyclist comments is always like, well, but you don't pay like for a license, you don't register your vehicle, so like you aren't paying the taxes to keep the roads, you know. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's all just ignorance, yeah, yeah. of course. Right. Well, and like you were saying, like I feel like a lot of us do have cars. Like a lot of yeah. us who ride also have cars. Like I have a car, I have a station wagon, and sometimes I throw the bike in the car and I sure. drive it somewhere and then I ride it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, it's sort of the dumb. I mean, I've had that all the time where I've had uh, somebody in a car kind of do something stupid or yell at me, and and I, you know, you'll say, why why are you doing that? What's wrong with you? And they'll be like, well, I'm in a car, you're on a bike, and it's just. It's the dumbest kind of person who can't make that connection that that you're a person, and the fact that you're on a bike doesn't you're not like you know it's like having no object permanence uh not being able to comprehend that that you're a human who gets off a bike sometimes sometimes you're walking sometimes you're maybe you're in a car on an airplane doing yeah. everything you know you may have a friend in common that you don't know about it's just uh it's it's uh it's a really really stupid mentality and I mean, just street use and sharing streets and all of that, it's kind of like the final animal frontier. It's one of the yeah. last places where, where people deal with each other on this animalistic level, and it just comes out a lot. Well, I think that's an interesting point that you make about the animalistic level, because I do feel that when you're on the road, we, all of us, ten, tend to um, kind of fall into this very almost self-righteous kind of, like, I have the right to the road, because even, right. I mean, I have to admit, sometimes on my bike, like, I'm like, no, this is my road, like, and I'm going to take it, and you can't do anything about it, and right. even as a pedestrian, I'm like, oh, these cars are all in my way, right. and I think that when you're on the road, it's very easy to forget that other people are there. Right, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, the reason some of this spirals out of control with drivers and cyclists is because it's also... When you're on a bike, you know, forgetting right or wrong and all of that, a cyclist can can do something stupid just like a motorist yeah. can. But the the difference is that when you're on a bike, you you really are more vulnerable. So when you get scared or when somebody does something to you, you react a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you, you react in an extreme way because because your your life has been threatened. So uh, that often doesn't help the situation. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, obviously. 
uh, when somebody does something to you and, on, and you're on a bike and you see your life flash before your eyes, you just feel, <laughs> I mean, I write about it in the book, you yeah. just feel you cannot believe that somebody would take this yeah. liberty with you as, as a human being. But, of course, then, you know, then the, then the ugly cycle begins. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to lighten the mood with one last thing, and which mm. is, now that you've written, okay, now that you've written a book, and we all know it happens to very popular books, they become movies, so <laughs> yeah. what's the bike, what would the Bike Snob movie be about? Uh, the Bike Snob movie, <laughs> wow. Uh, like, would it be more, like, have you seen, you've seen that movie? I think I would make one of those, uh, fixed gear movies, you know, one of these, like, urban fixed gear movies that everybody's making. I think I'd make the Citizen Kane of urban fixed gear movies. I'd have to do that. They get, like, a really big Hollywood director and, and do lots of, like, slow motion elephant trunk skids with things blowing up in the background and all of that. And they get all the celebrities to do it. So that's what I would do. I'd do the world, I'd do, like, it would be mash times a million. It would be the the, the world's greatest fixed gear video. Would there be a rosebud? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it has to be some like campy hub or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, I'm gonna pass this along. All right. Hello. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah. My name is Molly. And, Hi. Um, there's a couple of us here who are um, volunteers at the Bicycle Kitchen here in LA, and so uh -huh. we basically, you know, are trying to teach people how to do bike, bicycle maintenance and um we so we sort of noticed a lot of the trends as <clears throat> you know as fixed gears got really popular we yeah. were doing more you know most of what we were doing um with the the kids that would come in were, were helping them convert their bikes to fixed gears and we've sort of been joking about what's going to what's going to come after fixed gears and uh we noticed sort of around the neighborhood that there's been a lot of people uh, carrying yo-yos <laughs> so, uh, what are your thoughts on maybe if the yo-yo would replace the fixed gear? Uh, the yo-yo, the I guess it's like a fixed gear because it has to keep spinning or it stops, right? Right, right. So, that's, that, that's similar. Uh, I think it's, it's a nice complement to the fixed gear because, you know, people like the fixed gears because you can kind of hang around in the parking lot and do dumb tricks on them. So, you could do that with a yo-yo. Um, it's harder to get your yo-yo stolen than your fixed gear, That's right? Because you can That's keep true. it in your pocket. Um, I don't know. It could happen. The only thing about the yo-yo is, like, even the people who just want to hang out and do tricks on their bikes, they do like to ride their bikes, like, to a bar or something. And you can't, like, you can't, like, the yo-yo on its own isn't going to get you anywhere. So, But I could see it becoming, like, a hot thing to do in the fixed gear community, mm -hmm. you know, you always got to have a yo-yo in your, like, messenger bag or something, whip it out. That's true. I could see that. Okay. And then uh, I'm going to pass you on to Bobby. Yeah. Well, something I've been I've been talking about with the bike people is the next thing being, um, the next hot thing being taking the cranks off your bike and just converting it to a, a running machine. Right, uh, right. Cuisine, like the louse machine yeah, for the yeah. dandy horse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because, could happen. Because, you can't skid. Well, you skid with your feet. Well, exactly. Well, no, you do like a foot jam or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of kids around here now who um, are trying to do the fixed gear thing, but they uh, don't actually. They just have a freewheel, but they still. They, but they go with the no brakes thing. So you see them. Yeah. Oh, freewheel no brakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you well, see, that's big with the BMXers. Yeah, yeah. So but you, uh, you mean like on big like 700c 
wheel bikes with freewheel and no brake. Yeah, yeah, and they're just, and they're like, you know, teenagers who the bikes are too big for, and they're like struggling to stop. And really? Of, yeah, it's kind of terrifying. That's not good. Yeah, somebody needs to do something yeah, about yeah, that yeah. before it's too late. I mean, I, you know, it's just, when you when you talk to them about it, it's kind of hard to you know tell a teenager what they're doing is too dangerous because that's exactly what they're trying to do. So yeah, exactly. I mean, the teenagers wouldn't be doing their job if they were yeah, being yeah, safe yeah. and responsible. So that's like on my blog. You know, I write about. Obviously, I make fun of stuff like that all the time. But um, when somebody is ob- there's like a certain age where. I believe anything goes, and I believe no matter how stupid uh, what you're doing is, it's sort of, it's sort of, that sacred isn't the right word, but, you know, there's this period in your life where you need to do your dumb stuff. But I think what's funny about it, the, the thing that's always been funny about, you know, certain areas of cycling, like the fix your thing, for example, is is just the age of some of the participants. I mean, I think it's funny when, when uh, you know, some of this stuff, I mean, People in their twenties and thirties are sort of, you know, like it's it's like collecting toys and stuff like that. It's kind yeah, of, yeah. it's kind of that's where it gets a little funny. Yeah, teenagers, you know, riding a freewheel bike with no brakes. I guess that's that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually got to run. I have to go to a beekeepers meeting. So. Uh... All right. Good luck. <laughs> Don't. Uh, do you wear a helmet or a mask, or are you like the maskless beekeeper? I, I wear a full full getup. There's no exposed skin. Is there a chamois? <laughs> no, there is not. All right. All right. Well, careful at the beekeepers All thing. Right. Thanks. See you later. Right. Hey, Evan, I don't know how long you have for this interview, but it's it's great that, you're, that you can call. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, and, uh, you know, we'd like to have you on every show if we could. Uh, I'd like to be on every show if I could, but I probably couldn't. But uh, I'd be happy to come on again. That'd be great. One of these days. Um, well, I think one thing is apparent from your book is that you have uh, what I think you described as a love for cycling. Yes, very much so. And uh, you describe it as a way of seeing the world. Yeah. And you also have some opinions about people who take it too far in the wrong direction. Yes. Um, like anthropomorphism? Yes, yes. Would you like me to expand upon that? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the thing, just to get really sentimental and corny, I mean, the thing about uh, cycling, for me, it's been, um, it's sort of been a constant in my life, something I've always loved, and, and the uh, the thing about it is when you, sometimes when you, when you focus on something you love, something worthwhile, I mean, you can you can love something and focus on it to your destruction, like drugs or things like that, or, you know, bad relationships and so forth. But, uh, I mean, something like cycling, if you love it and you, you follow it, uh, I, it, it, it can reward you, you know. It can bring you to, it can physically bring you places and it can mentally bring you places. You learn about yourself, you meet people, all of that kind of stuff. So, so... That's kind of where I was coming from in the in the book, and uh, that's that's uh, that's sort of the the thing I kind of realized. I mean, it, cycling brought me to writing a blog, which brought me to writing a book, which kind of brought a lot of things in my life to fruition. So I owe it a lot, and uh, uh, so that's sort of what it's about for me. And um, but yeah, I, 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 I caution in the book about taking that stuff too seriously because obviously when you do, when you hone in too much on the material stuff and you get too wrapped up in having the fancy bike or the customizing or whatever. Um, 
that usually ends badly. Something gets stolen, something breaks, something happens. You know, you got to kind of uh, keep your perspective. Um, and I guess what would you say that a person can get from reading your book? I mean, it's got it's got everything from how to you know how to deal with a crash, how to maintain your bike, what kind of you know what kind of styles. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing I would want someone to get from the book is is just to enjoy the book and be entertained, um, and then. Um, the number two thing I would want them to get is um, I want the person who who has and uh, you know who loves and has loved cycling for a long time to be reaffirmed in it, and I would want the person who's maybe interested in it uh, to feel uh, encouraged and to feel you know the person who's maybe on the periphery and thinking like oh, you know I'd kind of like to ride a bike but it looks dangerous or. I don't know if I'm cool enough to ride a bike. I see like all these like racer types, or I see these kind of track bike guys, and I, I don't know if I'm that. I don't know if I'm cool enough. I want that person to be able to laugh at it, uh, or or just not be intimidated by it, and, and get on the bike and really enjoy it. All right. Well, thanks, man. It's Chronicle Books, 1695, Bike Snob, and uh, it's a, it's out now. Uh, yeah, out now wherever bookstores, you know, online wherever. Yeah. I mean, I. We, we could talk for I mean, support hours, your right? independent bookstore, but you know what I'm saying. I have one more question. Can, yeah. can somebody ask you here? Hello, it's Kristen again. Hi. Hi. I, um, me and my boyfriend have yeah. uh, been riding for a while, and we have accumulated a number of bikes. Yeah. And I always like to find out how many bikes people have. How many bikes do you have? Um, I think I have, like... I think I have six right now. Six bikes. And yeah. What, that's because... Sorry. That's because I um, and I race. I do different kinds of racing, so like you need to have a few race bikes for the various disciplines. So um, uh, yeah, I think it's six. Mm. And what's your your number number one get around bike? I just have uh, the bike I ride most of the time for getting around the city. It's just a kind of cheap steel. A uh, beater bike with fenders and a rack and on the back, and it's totally anonymous and unremarkable. Smart, smart, yeah. smart, smart. And do you work on your own bike? Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoy working on bikes. I find it relaxing. Nice. That's yeah. It's like darning socks or something. Oh, you know, if you are in L.A. and you need to work on your bicycle, please feel free to come into the kitchen. Oh, I will. I will. Thank you. But they won't let you in on Monday nights. No? Okay. No, All right. That's uh, no, I'll definitely come by. So. <laughs> Sweet. Anybody else? Oh. Passing. Liz wants to say goodbye. Hold on. Hey, it's Liz again. Hey. Um, actually, before, I, before, we, before we all part ways. Yeah. Um. I was wondering because your anonymity on the blog was such a big, such a big part of it. Yeah. Now that you revealed yourself, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think is going to happen now? I think everybody's going to lose interest in me and realize oh, no. how incredibly lame I am and how incredibly lame my blog is, and hopefully I'll just be forgotten and and, and discarded <laughs> no. and, by the roadside, which is what I deserve. You'd be discarded by the roadside by like an uncool, like like an uncool fixie, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yesterday's uh, top two pads. Yesterday's Republic bike from Urban yep. Outfitters, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm going on Craigslist, and that's it. Oh, no. Just sell me goodbye. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, All right, thank besides you. the cycling, you're you know it's incredible writing. 
Um, Thank you. It's very entertaining. You create, like, a, a personality and a vocabulary that, you know, that oh. we can all live in. Um, Thank you. Like, it's like this whole world. And yeah. I think that, you know, as long as people are riding bikes, people will be interested in what the bike snob has to say. Thank you very much. It's very kind. Yeah. I, I hope, I, of course, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I, yeah, I love doing it, and, and I don't think that... I, I, I mean, I'm the least interesting thing about the blog, and the blog is the blog. It's the same as it, as it was when I was anonymous, so I don't think, I don't think my identity makes a difference. Okay, well, thank you very much for being on the show with us. And, thank you. Uh, yeah, everyone go out and get the book. It's a beautiful little book. It's very entertaining to read, and it comes with gold stickers. Yes, best part, yeah. Thank you guys very much for having me on, and ride safe yeah. out there, and uh, maybe I'll see you out there one of these days. Okay, excellent. Have okay. a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye. dude on a bike yeah and he was he was you know it was nice to talk to him <laughs> and it was great he when is he his tours starts very soon yeah i think he's done a couple shows um i think he's got more coming up through the end of june maybe and the beginning of july um for but a book tour the book tour yeah is he coming through L.A.? It doesn't. I, I checked it out this morning, and it didn't look like he was coming through L.A. He goes to all the other. Oh, we should He goes to the much more obvious there? biking cities like Seattle and Portland and San Francisco and New York. I think he's going to Austin. Um, but somehow L.A. got the shaft. Oh. It's because L.A. is too terrifying on a bike. But that's not true. That's <laughs> no, not no, true. I know. <laughs> that's that roads I mean, really crappy. One of the cool things about L.A. is that there's there, there's, oh. there's always, you know, there's always bike group rides going on every single night of the week. At least, not even just one group ride, but there's at least yeah. like what three or four every night. You can go on a group ride, and I think that that's one of those things about can we um, call him back? the misconceptions about <laughs> Los Angeles. And and actually, I I would like to have him on the show again, and we can maybe move on from from talking just about the book and more maybe talking about you know, Los Angeles. I know that he's, he's written, um, a bit about Portland as a bike mm-hmm. city. We can compare, coast, you know, West coast. Yeah. We can talk about <laughs> riding in New York versus riding in, in Los Angeles. I think that would be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should start a, a Facebook petition to have a ride in his honor. <laughs> like have a bike, bike snob LA ride. He would have to come, right? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Lance Armstrong would come too. Up as a stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that actually that would be fun if we had a, a a a big ride where everyone dressed up like one of the bike snob stereotypes. Uh, Do you think on Lone Wolf? <laughs> what if he was in attendance? No, Lone Wolf would come. We, we would, if we were going to bring Bike Snob out here to do a ride with us, I think we would have to get Lone Wolf to be have here. To track him down. And in fact, I bet everyone would want to come as Lone Wolf. So I bet we would have a whole bunch of Lone Wolves. <laughs> Do you, um, do you think Lone Wolf knows he's like a a celebrity? He has to at this point, <laughs> right? It, well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like people have approached him, and 
I would be terrified to approach him. I mean, you said him. your friend approached him. He's got to know, right? That's true. Well, I don't think it was somebody. It wasn't a friend. Like, somebody had approached him. Mm. They saw him like, like a... But you've oh, no, seen him. I've seen him. And you never wow. felt compelled to, like, go over and say, like, hey, I know all about your clothes <laughs> and all of, about your bicycle. He's kind of he's kind of a, a daunting character in person. Intimidating? He has, this, he has like, these glasses and this hair, and it's... The hair looks like you could get lost in it or something. <laughs> he has, like, the power of his, like, water bottles. You know, he doesn't sweat. Like, that's, that's kind of scary. That's impressive. I think, that, <laughs> I think that if more people had that ability to not sweat while cycling, more people would cycle. <laughs> while wearing a golden sweater? Yeah. Is I mean, if I didn't sweat true? while cycling, I would probably... Really? I mean, I already cycle, like, I would say, like, 85% of my, like commuting is cycling mm. but if i didn't sweat at all it would definitely be a hundred percent well no i think that's that would be a, a selling point if you're like <laughs> wear this gold sweater you won't sweat yeah. and people will be like oh i'm totally down to ride to work now even even if it, they had to wear that gold sweater. <laughs> <laughs> well the magic is in the gold sweater um <laughs> yeah so let's we're gonna take a little musical interlude that sounds lovely and then uh we'll regroup and probably talk more about our conversation with bike snob can we put queen on and while we're waiting for the music to come up i just want to remind everyone or let everyone know that um the bicycle kitchen is going to have a really exciting party Next Saturday on June 12th. Epic. At 9 p.m. Um, the show starts at 9.30 uh, with the cooling time. And uh, headlining the event, uh, we were really excited to present Very Be Careful. Um, and so it's going to be great. It's going to be right around the corner from the bike kitchen at The Strange on Melrose. And it's our grand finale. And it's the grand finale of our fundraising campaign, which is really exciting. How much have we made? So far, we've made about $25,000. Um, which is insane. Which is, ha- which is awesome, but it's half of our goal. And it's really exciting, so Come hopefully you can all... Come give us money and have fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. It's sliding scale donation, 8 to $20. So if you need more information, look us up online. All the information is on the blog. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a blast. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle I want to ride my bike I want to ride my bicycle I want to ride it where I like You say black, I say white You say bar, I say bite You say shark, I say Hitler George was never my scene And I don't like Star Wars You say Rose, I say Roy You say God, give me a choice You say Lord, I say Christ I don't believe in Peter Pan, Frankenstein or Superman
weeks ago, um, Kristen was telling us about how she wanted to go bike camping, and she was, we were sort of discussing the logistics and that sort of thing, um, and that happened, mm-hmm. and I want to hear about how did it work, were you happy with, with the way that, you know, you guys had planned it, So, were it, there details left out that, so you, that you would like to remind us or let us know about? Um, well, everybody's got to ride the Ventura to Ojai like bike trail because it is how long is it so amazing it's 17 miles long starts at the beach in ventura and it goes straight into ojai like right through town and it's independent of the road um at one point it runs alongside uh how'd you uh, get to ventura we were gonna take the train Mm -hmm. (laughs) because we're lazy (laughs) um but we ended up driving Mm -hmm. because well because it, it, it for us it ended up being cheaper, and we wanted to be as cheap as possible. Okay. But um, at one point it runs alongside a horse a horse path, so it's really cool to be like riding your bike full speed and having like a horse practically coming directly at you. But there's a fence in between. It's a rush. It was really cool. There were it was it was really magical. The trail follows an old train line, so it's super gradual. It's a, very very gradual climb up into Ojai, um, which is the way to go, you know, because then when you come home you just you just fly all the way back downhill. But um, just there were we were really surprised that there were sculptures on the side of the bike path along the way, and we did that were just for the bike path. Where is this bike path? How can how can I find it if I'm in Ventura? Um, if you're in Ventura, I don't know. You, how'd you find it? How did we find it? We, um, thought there was actually a sign. It's Google Maps. We okay. found it on Google Maps. And it's called something? The, the Ventura to Ojai, Ojai Bike Trail? Uh, the Ventura slash Ojai Valley Bike Trail. Okay. Or Ojai Extension or something. But if you go on Google Maps, Ojai Bike Trail, it'll pop up. Or maybe if you even just said, how do I get from Ventura to Ojai on a bike, Google would tell you that. Oh, I don't know. It should. It, it would. It probably would. Yeah. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah. And if you, there's a layer you can turn on that shows like all the bike paths now right. and bikeways. Um, but it was it was super cool, and it went through so many different landscapes. We went past um, steel old like just steel yards. We went past the nodding donkey oil derricks that were in like fields full of flowers, just lined with mountains. Wow. We went through in a abandoned oil refinery like this massive massive abandoned oil refinery right down the middle of it and you could hear kids like breaking stuff in the where and like the old empty warehouses and it was just covered in really cool graffiti and mm-hmm. 
past an alpaca farm and an alpaca farm. Alpaca. Is that farm. like a llama? It's like a llama. Uh huh. And how long were you just? Did was it just like an overnight trip, or how long were you guys gone? It was an overnight trip because we had to come back and work again. Right. Just uh. one night. It was, and it, it, but what's so cool? I mean, the it's amazing how landscape and just riding your bike through a beautiful landscape and just for like two solid days is just changes your perspective and just gorgeous and we stayed at um a campground called camp comfort which is actually an rv park it's <laughs> next to a little creek but um there was hardly anybody there and <laughs> we rolled up and we're trying to figure out like we're trying to get oriented trying to figure out where our site is and it's it's all compact it's very like you you can see your neighbor it's they're right there um but this guy rolled up to us, and he was wearing this baseball cap, and it said, campground captain, and he was just this dude, Bill, he was just the sweetest guy, he gave us rolls of quarters for the washing machine, and just... Washing machine? Yeah. It was what? Totally. <laughs> it had coin-operated showers, coin-operated washing machine. It was, it was over the top. I haven't been but camping in, in Southern California yet, but I... It was camping. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say, I've never been to a campground that had washing mm-hmm. machines. But it was, I think it, it was a good first try at, you know, seeing how much we can carry mm-hmm. and, um, like, where we can carry it, how to distribute the weight. Because, you know, Steve discovered that he can't put a ton of stuff in his front basket. Yeah. Because it's, it's just, it's really, fr- it's, he doesn't like how it handles, how it changes the handling. And we have a new cook set that we love, love, that all stacks into itself. And we discovered that. I do not know how to cook with dehydrated foods at all. Don't you just pour in hot water? Uh, well, I got like the yes, if you get like the prepared portion stuff, but I got the the a kit that just has a bunch of dehydrated things oh, okay. and you can mix and match. And, you know, garlic powder is good, but when it's the only thing that you brought to season food with, it's not Okay. Yeah. So now I'm thinking bouillon cubes and stuff or something. We have to figure the food thing out, but bouillon cubes are great. That's what I. It, it's hard to find them that, hard to find ones that don't have MSG. MSG. Yeah. And I managed to find some on, uh, mm. like a gluten-free lifestyle website, hmm. somehow. Wow, it's that hard. You got to go to a gluten-free lifestyle website. You really can't just go to the, hard. Uh, the like Nature Mart or, really? Okay. I didn't. I didn't find any okay. in Nature Mart. Anyway, I'm getting my okay. new here. <laughs> but it's fun, and it's really... Um, was it easier or harder than you thought it would be in terms so of, like, much easier. sort of logistics and getting everything together? It was one night. Um, so we weren't, you know, loaded down. Our friends, you know, um, Joshua and Ramona, our friends, oh, they right. were, f- like, old school f- former cooks, and they just left town just to couple days ago last week and they sold all their stuff and they're going on like uh europe they're taking their bikes over to europe and they're gonna they're there they're doing a a a road or a bike tour of of europe and i'm not i think they're they'll be gone at least three months maybe more until their money runs out until their money runs out and they may end up staying there it's up in the air. They're just they're they're just on their grand adventure. And that is incredible. 
How, what advice would you give to like convince someone who's never, who's not really into bikes, but is into camping? How would, what advice would you give to convince them to go on a bike camping trip? It because it's, well, it's already liberating to go camping, to be like free of the bounding box of a house or an apartment, and to really, it's the same stuff like being outside, like being able to smell the air. And being able to really be in the landscape, it's just, it's amplified ten times more And it, 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 when you're doing it on a bicycle. Yeah, it's probably more comparable. I mean, it would probably be an easier transition for someone who is familiar with backpacking ah, to shift yeah. to, to bicycle camping because it's the same... It's the same idea that you're leaving the car behind. And you're trying to carry as little yeah, as possible. Yeah, and you're, you're going somewhere else, um, sort of just with the things that, that, you, you know, that you're taking on your person. Car camping to bike camping would be a little bit trickier, I imagine, because you, you're Bring going from having, yeah, you're used to having a cooler. Yeah, yeah. Me, 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 and Steve had a debate about the tofu hot dogs because he really wanted to roast weenies, <laughs> and I said we're not bringing a cooler. They need to be refrigerated, and he insisted that they couldn't, or that they didn't have to be refrigerated. Did you but end up taking tofu hot dogs? No, <laughs> and that's why our dinner sucked. <laughs> that's true. Our that's dinner true. sucked. Well, but, okay, but so we shouldn't but talk about the food then, right? Yeah. <laughs> oatmeal, <laughs> yeah. oatmeal is the is best godsend. camping food ever. It's just so, there's something so, you got to have the hot breakfast in the morning. It's just having your cup full of hot, gooey oatmeal is just magic. And pre-portioning in Ziploc bags. It just, it forces you to be super organized. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it's like to go on a grand tour over many, many months. Like, literally, we had dinner with them a couple nights before, and Ramona, I'm wearing them right now. Ramona's like, I've decided I don't need this pair of socks. Do you want them? Like, literally, they're down to, like, do I bring five pairs of socks or four? So what's their, st- what's their storage setup? What was your storage setup? I mean, how do, you, how do you carry all that stuff on a bike? Well, we, had, we were just going for one night, and I've got a rack in the back. And that's it. Steve has a rack in the back and a basket on the front. And so we had two rear panniers. And then the panniers always have, like, the extra straps and stuff, which are just, they're so handy to have two full panniers. And then you put your sleeping bag and your tent in the middle, and you just pull the straps over it. You don't even need bungee cords. And um, and then I was good. And then Steve had his panniers, the tent, and then... A bunch of his sleeping bag in the front and a bunch of stuff in the front. And I was trying to convince him about having an easy access bag where you can have like snacks and, you know, first aid kit, like everything easily accessible because when you pack for camping, it's all about how you layer it so that you can access it efficiently without like tearing apart everything just to get out some freaking chapstick. But he ended up with too much stuff on the front. Um, evenly distribute your load. Um, the bike itself, you don't want to do it on an aluminum bike. You usually want to do it with like a steel bike. Because um, of the weight? The weight and the, the road vibration and there What about are, carbon fiber? Yeah, no carbon fiber. No? No, no. Um, and then there's also, there's some, you know, some frames act differently under load than other frames. I had, uh, just a, Bianchi, something or other from the 70s that was steel lugged, and I loved it to death. And I put a rack on the back, 
And it's the same rack I have on my bike right now. And the whole bike would just flex and wobble. And it was, it made it kind of uh, a little more challenging to control. Like I had just had to be so much more conscious about steering because the whole thing would be like almost like the, it, it felt like the frame wanted to fold itself in half. The wobble was just so much. But I'm on a, a, a spe- specialized right now, I think. Um, and it's a steel, old steel lug from the 70s, and it's, it's, it's great. Under load, it just, it's as stable as can be. Did you guys do like a practice run with everything on the bikes first? Or you just load Steve, them up and see what I, happens? I just load it up and see what happens. Steve went up and down the street. I think he, um, I think the, the weekend before, we just, we filled all our bags with our tools and like as many heavy things as we could shove in there and lots of food. And we went on like, like a, like a 40 mile ride or whatever. But, um, no, we just got to do it. It's just so much fun. In retrospect, so fun. would you recommend like doing like a little test run before uh, you go camping yeah. for the first time? Maybe if you're not well, used to riding with panniers or if you haven't ever yeah, ridden I mean, with anything like that. A bike under load. Well, what was so great is like we made on our test run, I think we made our bikes heavier than our actual stuff. Um, I think if you're a seasoned cyclist, you don't. I don't think it's necessary. Steve did, but... I don't. I don't think it's necessary. I'm just curious because my my boyfriend doesn't ride at all. Like he doesn't have ah. a bike, and I, and like he's into camping though. So I'm trying to get. Like, oh, that's, so that's my way in. I think I'm trying to do that. <laughs> as a non-cyclist, oh, you, totally the Ventura, uh-huh. especially if it's a non-cyclist because it's just a dedicated path. Uh huh. Um, that's just nonstop and stunning. Um, yeah, I think you could totally get him to do it. And I mean, we. We did, like, we didn't ride around the neighborhood necessarily with all of our stuff, but we did, like, pack our, we did pack our bikes and looked at them and unpacked them and repacked them a couple times before we actually left. Did you wear a chamois? I did not wear a chamois. <laughs> I went on, and we went on a 50-mile bike ride. I didn't have a chamois, and I'm fine, and... I, you know, no saddle sores, and I, I have, you know, some bike spants that have technical fabric or whatever but and it gets sweaty but i was okay is there something wrong with me you just <laughs> i have a crotch of steel you have nether regions of steel <laughs> <laughs> no no steve steve wants that leather chamois kutrick have you have you guys ever been to kutrick Mm-mm. i think i mentioned them before when i was here they're i think they're down in long beach and uh, this guy, it's like this little family-owned apparel, like bike apparel shop, and they have fabulous old-school wool jerseys. They do all their embroidery themselves. They do that old-school kind of knotted embroidery where it's kind of twirly, and they sell the leather chamois. That's dedication. <laughs> I think it's disgusting because you don't wear underwear when you wear chamois. So you've got goat skin up on your whatnot <laughs> and you're sweating on it and it's all getting <laughs> that's true just, but the point is i think uh, that it's supposed to wick yeah. away the moisture right no, so there's I, no not vegan though is it <laughs> oh no <laughs> vegetarian steve doesn't even steve doesn't eat goat we just eat fish wow. not vegetarian but but i have to admit i got when i took a welding class i got pigskin gloves there's no other option. 
But there's options. He can get like the the fakes. They're just so chunky. The the modern ones just look chunky to me. I don't know. It's, I, I, maybe it's a girl thing. It's just I just remember my mother used to get the overnight maxi pads. <laughs> oh my god. We don't need oh, to talk about that. God. <laughs> just I think I think I'm afraid of reliving my like early teenage awkwardness and I don't they're really I, I think I think maybe you're overanalyzing yeah they're not situation. that bad yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say you're probably but I think the advantage that women have or you know I guess dudes can too but we can just like wear a skirt and nobody you can wear a skirt like nobody sees it. that you're oh. walking around with a chamois okay I guess they have the utility kilts for the guys have you seen the utility kilts? I don't know what you're talking about. It's anymore. like a oh, man yeah. skirt with oh, like just a kilt. N- no, it's like a modern interpretation. It has pockets, yeah. but it also has like m- like it's manified with like metal grommets or some yeah. stuff like that. And I think there are leather versions. There was a guy who used to work next to my like an old architecture firm I worked at, who he was a lighting event rigger. And he was always up on a ladder. That man lived in utilicilts and did did not wear underwear. I think that's the way you're supposed to wear them. Like, <sighs> but if you underpants. live half of your like professional life on a ladder, <laughs> oh man! In, th- in this country, <laughs> it was uh, star. It was startling. <laughs> Maybe was- he needs he needs a chamois. <laughs> <laughs> Just a chamois. Just no a shorts. Chamois. A leather skin shimmy oh <laughs> to match the leather utility kilt. Well, you want to call in? Yeah, I think that um, Chris and I are going to have to take off oh. pretty soon. Um, but oh. it sounds like we're going to go to song and then maybe have someone call in. From LACBC. Sounds good. Oh gosh, I I called last one. Who wants to Who wants to decide on what to listen to? Molly Molly's flummoxed. Bicycle man sounds good. Bicycle song. So while we're looking for a song. <laughs> I have a question, a maintenance question for you, Liz. Uh-huh. Um, if your bottom bracket is creaking, but only on one side, when you're pedaling up a hill, what do you think I should do? Just on the left <laughs> side, if I move my foot at a different angle, it stops creaking. You and I don't know what to do. This is when I have to admit that I'm just a mechanic in training. <laughs> I'm not quite what sure. about you, Kristen? Do you have any suggestions? It, it creaks, but if I turn my foot at a different angle, you it stops creaking. Clipless? Yeah, I'm clipless. I am not sure. I, I always start with chain ring, the chain ring. Okay. Um, well, actually, first thing is wiggle your bottom bracket. Okay. If it's solid, I would move on to chain ring bolts where I would actually loosen them. Drop of oil. And I've then done that. Again. That one. That that I oh. I did. Is and it it's on the left side. It's not on the, on the right side. side. And it's when you turn your foot. Do you think your body position changes at all? I'm sure it does. I mean, I, I it's the I, the natural kind of way that I'm I cycle. It, my feet will be pretty straight. Um, yeah. As but if be. I turn my heel out 
a little bit to the outside, then it'll stop creaking. I wonder if it's just your pedal. So then what do I just take the pedal out and put the pedal back in? No, I, I would, well... If I it's clipless, maybe it has no something, is it maybe something to do with the shoe then, right? Cause well, the sound is definitely coming from either the crank... The left side. The left side. Non-drive side. Bonus ring. We have a we have a call, so we'll we'll think about this and we'll we'll get back to this the later. Non-drive side. Hello, you're on Bike Talk. Hi, Dorothy from the Bike Coalition. Hey, Dorothy, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's a nice sunny day in LA. Great for a bike ride. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a little. Is it overcast or is that just at Vermont and Beverly? here? That's what. It looks a little cloudy, which I like, but maybe it's oh, not. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit. I think it's going to get hotter later today. So, so are, what are you doing today? Are you doing something LACBC related? Well, tomorrow is the LA River Ride, our 10th annual. So that's the biggest thing on our mind. And I'm not um, at the Autry Center today, but I know that a lot of our um, people are setting up for the ride. Yeah. And we'll all be waking up at 5 in the morning setting up tomorrow. So... It's really exciting, and it's a really great, um, first of all, it's a bike ride, so that's really fun. Um, second of all, it's a really great way to highlight our ongoing efforts to complete the path um, from uh, north of Bristol Park all the way down to Long Beach. There's definitely some gaps, and also a chance for people to learn about the river and the revitalization efforts around it. So it's an all-around great event, and it gets um, all types of cyclists out um, from road road cyclists who um, want to ride the country to families and kids who are riding the one miler and 15er. So um, we're really excited about the event, and it's going to be actually our biggest yet. Um, preliminary numbers um, have already we're probably we're probably going to reach 2,000. Last year we had 1,600, so it's a really good sign. People are really coming out in numbers and really supporting biking in, in Los Angeles. So it's really great. Well, um, so I've been to the L.A. River uh, for the cleanup. I went to the Friends of L.A. River cleanup. Oh, yeah. And it was great. It was great to be down there. And, and, and the, I mean, the, the trees are really cool, and the, and the river's really great. Yeah. Um, Up in the northern part by Glendale, it's, it's a soft bottom. So it's, it's actually really, really pretty. And... I'm really glad that people get to see that um, when they ride the, the ride and also when they just go and visit. Yeah, well, yeah, and um, so what's it like through through the whole ride? I mean, it's not all trees and, and greenery. No, no, it's not. Um, there's there's definitely a part of it that is, but then um, uh, down uh, sort of south uh, by downtown L.A., there's a big gap, so... We're going to be going through um, Boar Heights and Maywood and Vernon um, through the streets. And, um, you know, I think that show, and then we get back on the path just uh, south of south of Vernon. So, um, I'm sorry, Maywood is part of the path. I'm, like, getting mixed up. Boar Heights and Vernon are, there's no path. And then by Maywood, there is a path. So then people get on the path again, and then it's pretty much a path all the way down to, to Long Beach. And then people on the 100 go down to Seal Beach and, and, and head back. So I think the part that, that there's a gap, I think people will really see that such a need for it when they start riding it because it's so weird to have 
no path in, in the downtown LA area and in South downtown. So, um, but in, in general, it's, it's a really does, does really, the riot raise money for for helping to create the path? Yeah, yes, it's it, it supports basically our ongoing efforts to, um, and one of our top priorities is to complete the path. So. Um, so the River Ride is our biggest fundraiser in general, so it supports all our efforts towards more bike friendly in Los Angeles. But since our conception for 10 years ago, the LA River um, and the LA River Path have we've really, it's near and dear to our heart, and it's always been a priority for us. So um, uh, up from the beginning until now, the LA River is, is pretty much the one of the, um, I guess, the... Um, uh, backbones of our of our organization i have in here in the studio uh, the bike kitchen some bike kitchen uh, cooks and they're going to be at the maywood uh command oh, station great oh, okay hi bike kitchen cooks <laughs> that's hi, hi. that's hi. great yeah okay there's been so many people helping this event um i can't even start to name all the volunteers from just regular people you know just wanting to help out the day of to, you know, organizations like Bike Kitchen and Bike Oven and um, all sorts and bike shops. And it's, it's really um, a lot of people are helping with this event. And we're really thankful for that because without them, it wouldn't be able to be, um, be put on. So it's truly a community effort and team effort. And we're just really happy that it can all happen. And I think it's going to be really successful tomorrow. Well, great. Thanks a lot, Dorothy. And um, this is a big deal, the, bike, the LA River Ride. So I hope that, it, that you get a lot of people out there. Thank you so much. Thanks, All everyone. Right. Take All care. Right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Talking about the lone wolf. Um, Getting the lone wolf on the show. But I, I was saying that that might not be such a good idea. And Nick said that it might be like teasing an animal and that the animal then might bite us because he's the lone wolf. I don't know if he would be down to come on a radio show and like talk about himself because... He is the lone, lone wolf. wolf. He only he operates by himself. But I was at my vet, my veterinarian, and they put an animal <laughs> channel, and there was this guy who, who gets he's he like communicates with the wolves, and uh-huh. you know he it's weird what he does. He like licks their tongues and everything, and he like howls, I guess, or I don't, gets I don't, down with them. I don't know if I want to do that with the. the lone I'm just wolf. saying. That's what I saw on the Animal Planet. It, I mean, you know, it's a probably <laughs> bad idea. Um. Do you think, do you think the lone wolf was like, do you think he, he was brought to the city to kind of 
bless us with some kind of mystical bicycle powers. Because he is the lone wolf. He doesn't sweat and he wears a gold sweater. Yeah. Do you think that he's even possible to get a hold of? Like, would, how I don't know. You Somebody know? would have to like approach him and and be like, "Hey, lone wolf, but you're a celebrity." You no, where to? How would you know where he would show you up? You would have to. It'd be like like stalking a wolf. Like you'd That's have right. to. You'd have to go his out. Track his, his trail. Tra- yeah. Like where was he last seen? And then you work from there. Yeah, the start of blog would to get track a, him. Like a, Google map with with those pins. <laughs> Careful. Google map with pins on it and. Track well, we'd have to like we'd have to tranquil we'd have to get a tranquilizer gun. Okay, now that's illegal. <laughs> Tag him with like a GPS so you could follow him. <laughs> yeah. What, well, what if he's listening and then he gets mad? He won't. Get, how could he get mad? He's a celebrity. Okay. He's the lone wolf. I mean, yeah, yeah, that that'd be cool. That uh, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna get the lone wolf on the show. Are you scared of? Uh, I am a little bit. Wolf? I'm a little bit scared of the lone wolf. Well, he's just a guy. I mean, he doesn't call himself the lone wolf. That was a tag. That yeah. Bikes, bike. Have you seen any pictures of him? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the that was the bike snob. I thought he was because I kept <laughs> seeing that picture. Yeah. So. No, no, it's it's the lone wolf. It's the lone wolf. I've only I've only ever seen him on his his little racing bike and it has like this windshield on it uh-huh. like a motorcycle. Yeah. And um I don't know what you call it when the wheels have the solid not solid. Oh yeah, the disc. The uh, disc. <laughs> no spokes, but a disc. Yeah, and it's like the U- it says USA and it has the Olympic rings on it and Yeah, I don't know what you call it either. I should, <laughs> but I don't. But yeah, I mean, I think I've seen him at the Amgen, and everybody was like, just uh, ogling his bike. Even though there were so many amazing bikes at the at this, like, uh, you know, they set up all these booths where like all the bike manufacturers had their uh-huh. wares, and he was just sitting there on his bike, like, and everybody was checking him out and talking to him about his bike. And kids were coming up, and where do you think that bike came from? Uh, well, do you think it's the only one of its kind ever in the world? Do you th- are you operating on the theory that he's magic? Again? Yeah, I am kind of. <laughs> I'm uh, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> it's pot- I'm, I mean, I've never seen another bike like that. Well, what kind of bike is it? I'm not. I'm not sure exactly. Pictures in the book here, I guess. Are there oh, pictures in the book? I, I know that there's like a chapter that, yeah. or like a heading. But that's him on his mountain bike. The illustration is him on his mountain bike because he rides a mountain bike too. Oh, for the lone wolf illustration. Yes. <laughs> Born to ride. That's not quite what he looks like. He's got longer hair. Yeah. But there's a picture in here somewhere. Is there like a photograph? I think so. Can they legally do that? Um, Publish photographs of people without their permission. Good question. I don't know. It's done. They do it. Then he must know. So you probably had to then sign a release. I don't know if he knows. I That's why we have to have him here, right? We totally have to find him. <laughs> so if anybody knows the lone wolf who's listening. Or if you're listening. If you're listening. Lone, lone wolf. wolf. Give us a call. Or, or email livebiketalk at gmail.com. Well, I guess Bike Snob was saying that somebody told him that they'd talk to him. Uh-huh. So people have talked to him. If you're that person, please let Lone Wolf know that we'd like him here on Bike Talk. 
And if you're listening, Lone Wolf, please come on the show any Saturday live on the sh- at uh, Vermont and Beverly. That's where we're at. I don't know if I've ever seen him on this side of town. Have you? Wh- where'd you see him? I saw, I'm in Santa Monica. It's the only place I've seen him. He's a West Side guy. So you, how many times have you seen him? I've seen him like two or three times. He's always like out by the beach uh-huh. um, in Santa Monica, uh-huh. and both. I think I even we saw him on some ride that we were on back when they did Bear Calvary out there. Um, like when I used to go on rides. Um, we saw him there. I seen him on my own like, you know, two or three times and once on the, the mountain bike. And I was shocked the time I saw him on the mountain bike because I didn't know he had, I didn't know another, another steed could, could handle his greatness. Wow, you really talk. He's wow, very like that. mystical and. You know, it's the only And I'm category. a bike snob reader, too, so. And it's the only category of biker that that the bike snob seems to like. <laughs> the lone wolf? Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know what he calls roadies? What? Freeloading cheaters. Because <laughs> they're always trying to. Race. I forget what it was that they're trying to do, but they're always, they're always trying to. They're trying to make their bike lighter. Their bike lighter. And they're always trying to. It's in here somewhere. But do you want me to read The Lone Wolf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read it out loud. The Lone Wolf might ride anything from a high-end road bike to a dual-suspension mountain bike to some kind of hybrid comfort bike. But whatever he chooses, it will feature some aberrant element that makes it clear it's a Lone Wolf's bike. If it's a road bike, that element might be a giant gel saddle and a suspension seat post. (laughs) If it's a dual-suspension mountain bike, that element will probably be a pair of slick road tires or an abundance of rear-view mirrors. Lone wolves love using off-road bicycles for road use. And if it's a hybrid, it might have dual disc brakes and a suspension fork. Some riders use the right tool for the, right, for the job. Others use the wrong tool for the job. The lone wolf, though, adapts the wrong tool for the job. <laughs> also, he likes to ride in clean white sneakers. Indeed, there's a certain proud beauty about the lone wolf. When you see him, vintage Sony sports Walkman velcroed to his bicep, Bar ends extending proudly from his riser bars like elk's antlers and camelback mouthpiece wending its way around his stout midriff. You can't help but admire his rejection of, nay, his indifference to, cycling's traditional folkways. As his name suggests, he usually rides alone, but you may also see him at a large charity rides or centuries as he can be drawn into the pack by promise of free food at rest areas. (laughs) That's him. That's him. Speaking of the antlered bar ends, I I met I I found this bike once. It was locked up to a, a some light. No, it was like a signpost, and it had all these bar ends extending from the handlebar. Just mm-hmm. it was almost sculptural mm-hmm. and antler-like in nature. Right. And it was raining that day, and I felt like I just stumbled upon this right. forest spirit. So I got out of my car to take a picture. Well, what's that called when people do that to their bikes and they have all the mirrors and they, sometimes they have like the bounce like a like a like a car hydraulics system on it and like oh no, it's oh you talking you're talking about the the other bike those bikes that we talked about last time right uh, yeah probably but no this isn't that because okay. there's no there were no there are no mirrors on it it was simply like just bar ends on oh. bar ends on bar ends just oh. extending up forever and it wasn't chrome or anything. What? Was it chrome? No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah. That, yeah, I know what you're thinking. It wasn't right. that. 
But um, so then I approached the bike because I wanted to take a picture of it, and it had like not one, not two, but three different chain like locks on it. But I they were all like there was one chain lock wrapped around it, and then the rest were all um, the cable locks, hmm. which I thought was interesting because they. Whoever the owner of this bike is took the trouble to get the chain, like an actual chain that you'd have to like, you know, which is really secure, but then also doubled it up with all these other cable locks, which, you know, as as we all know, are the the flimsiest bike locks you right. can get. So it was just it was it was amazing to me that this yeah. this spectacle of a bike. Obviously was, a lone wolf. Probably a lone wolf. But I was puzzled because it was left out in the rain. I don't know. I don't think the lone wolf leaves his bikes outside. Huh. Yeah. It was a. It was like a particularly like hardy breed of lone wolf. Yeah. Leave the bike out or there in the rain. I mean, maybe there's a whole other breed that you're discovering. <laughs> Did you see any like uh, any other things around the bike that would indicate that would what indicate kind of lone wolf? Any scat? <laughs> Some <or> trail. Yeah. <laughs> Footprints. Sometimes you can figure out what they're eating. From <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if lone wolves are ride in the rain. I mean, maybe that's why it was locked up and not being ridden. Mm. Um, but it, it was raining in L.A. It was. Ra- this was a little while ago, oh. and yes, it was raining in quotation marks, which is why I was driving right. because <laughs> I wasn't going to do my bike in the rain. Right. I'm not not ballsy enough well, for that, like they are in Seattle. So are we going to really petition the bike snob to include L.A. in his tour because he forgot it? Yeah. Like, I I mean, I think I I was looking at the tour schedule, too, and I'm a little bit disappointed that he's not coming to L.A. I don't know why. It's unfortunate that we forgot to ask him about it. But we should should, um, create a bike snob-themed ride. Unfortunately, I think one has already been created. I believe it occurred in Portland, um, but we should definitely have a bike snob, um, bike snob ride, and we should invite him out, petition him to come out and lead the ride. So when you say petition, I mean, what, what, what who are we going to, we're going to, we're going to get like, a, we're going to start like, like a, a Facebook, Facebook thing and be yeah. like, we want bike snob in LA for right. a bike snob ride. Is this just like we're saying this, or are we really going to do this? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I've never put together. We'll definitely ask him to come back. I know. So, how does he know about the lone wolf if, he, if the lone wolf is in LA and he's in, I in New York? I think people have submitted photos of the lone wolf to Bike Snob. Um, you should watch. He does a breakdown. Bike Snob on his blog. He does a breakdown of this Judge du- Judge Judy episode um, that features two um, messen- bike messengers, and uh, his um, his recap of the episode is pretty pretty oh, hilarious. I know. I know. Hey, do you think that there's is there like an actual audio that we could play? Yeah. Um, no. Definitely. Like, s- keep scrolling down. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. There it is. Okay, so you want to give some background on this? Okay, so apparently on Judge Judy, there were these two um, bike messenger guys. Um, 
and <laughs> they are tattooed all over. And I think as as a uh, bike snob says that they are meticulously coiffed. Like their hair is like I don't know how to say that word, but Quaff. anyway, their their hair is like all meticulously Quaff. cut. Cough, cough, coughed. I like seen that word, but I never said it out uh, loud. Nobody says it. Yeah. Um, but I, I speak a little French. Oh. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know if these bike messengers speak French, but um, apparently, like, they got into a fight and knocked over a, a burning mm. candle, and it and it burned a hole through this mattress, and then the guy took the bike out, and it was stolen. Um, but anyway. You want to listen to it? Yeah. It's a Judge Judy episode. It's pretty. I, I remember his description of the. Of the, the of breakdown the burn, is hilarious. The burn patterns yeah. on the mattress, how it, no candle could could burn that way. But what probably happened was they were, they were like... Uh, wake and bake. Oh, yeah. They were wake and baking or they were like wrestling. Or naked. some love making session. Okay. Because yeah, why, yeah. why would you have like a burning candle next to a bed? Here it is. All parties in the matter of Villanella versus Foraker. Step forward, please. 24-year-old Christopher Villanella is suing his former friend, John Foraker, for the cost of a custom bicycle. Christopher says the bike was stolen after John borrowed it without permission. Pronounce your name for me, please. Christopher Villanella, ma'am. Mr. Villanella, the defendant was your roommate. The two of you were sort of in the same business, your bicycle messengers. The thrust of your complaint is, aside from the fact that he burnt a hole in your mattress, is that he borrowed your bicycle without your permission, and it was stolen, and it was a very expensive bicycle. Yes. Mr. Foraker does not seem to deny that he borrowed your bicycle without your permission. He says, however, it was not his fault that the bicycle was stolen. He didn't act in a negligent manner, and therefore he's not responsible. Is that your defense? Yes, ma'am. Interesting. Judge Judy continues in a moment. Bert, how much is the most expensive bicycle you ever heard of? $10,000. What kind of bicycle is that? Bad bicycle. <laughs> Christopher Villanella is accusing his former friend, John Foraker, of taking his custom bicycle without his permission and selling it on the street. Now, let's deal very quickly with this issue of burning a hole in the mattress. Did you burn a hole in his mattress? Well, we were arguing, and he came at me, and I knocked into the counter stool, which he had next to his bed, which the candle was lit on. I don't feel responsible for that. Like, it's not like I intentionally... Is that the way it happened? That's yes. not true at all. Go ahead. We had an argument. I left the house. I came back that night, and I smelled smoke, and the smoke was coming from my room. I opened my door and there was a huge hole burnt in my mattress. I have a picture of it. It's not from a candle. It yeah, looks like he blowtorched my mattress. <laughs> when was this, sir? That was the first week in September. I believe it was September 3rd. Did you stay in the house after that with him? John apologized to me and he agreed to pay me back, which he never did. And. I decided to let bygones be bygones. I oh, got a okay. new mattress, and I stayed in the house for another two weeks until this bike incident happened. The bike incident happened when? September 18th, I believe. Tell me about why you had taken his bike, Mr. Foraker. Well, I had gotten off work, and I was going to see a friend's band in the uh, downtown Manhattan, and I had gotten a flat tire. Since he's on a couple, handful of occasions taken my bike, I didn't think it would be a big deal. I was like in a flat, and I was in a rush. I really I didn't brought your bike back every time. 
example. I would have. I, you know, I'm a courier. I have a $150 chain. I, you know, I don't think I was being negligent. I locked it up securely to a pole, both tires, and, you know, I came out, the chain was lying there, snapped in half. It's not like I, like, went out there and I sold his bike, you know? I, no, Mr. Forker, I... That's exactly what I think he did. Mr. You, I'm going to dismiss your case. Would you Sorry. like me to do that? Would you like me to do that? No, I won't say another word. But for the fact that you borrowed his bike, he would have his bike. Let us assume that you didn't act negligently. He seems to think that there was something else going on. I'm not ascribing to you any criminal behavior. So let us assume that you took the bike and you did, in fact, treat it as your own. You took it without permission. Absolutely. And, and when you take it without permission, you're responsible for what happens to it. Now, I'd like to see the bill for your bicycle and the police report. Absolutely. This is a receipt for my bicycle. This is a picture of the shop that I built it in. I hand-built it with the shop owner. I didn't file a police report. Why? I went looking for John, and I found him the next day, and he said it was stolen. At the time, I believed him. Later, I didn't because he had a, a bunch of money that he was spending really loosely. I thought we were still friends until that happened. I didn't want to call the police on him. And in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, I didn't think the police would really respond to a, a bicycle that got stolen two days prior. Bert, how much is a, a, the most expensive bicycle you ever heard of? The most expensive bicycle I ever heard of? Yes. $10,000. What kind of bicycle is that? Bad bicycle. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really, really good bicycle. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a pretty expensive bike. Could be a thousand or more. How about 3500 It could happen, Judge. I'm telling you, this, uh, well, there's good, there's really good bikes. I know, we but this one, this one he built himself, you see. Just to let you know, the parts can run into a lot of money. Well, that's what I'm looking at here, VeloBrooklyn.com. Who is that, sir? That's a famous uh, New York bike builder, and I didn't build it by myself. She showed me. She walked me through this process and taught me how to build the bike. The frame I'd already had and every other part on that was... Uh, so the frame you had from where? My, another guy built it. He's also based out of Brooklyn. Well, then the $1,935 is for what, sir? I bought it at that bike shop. Okay. Where did you get your bike from? Um, I got my frame off the Internet, and I also got most of my parts at Brooklyn Villa. How much did you pay for your frame? My frame was, I think it was like just under a grand. I got it on eBay used. They're fast bikes. I mean, they're... You know, when you're working, you need something that can be fast, light, and also can take a beating from, you know, constant lock-up every day. I got gotcha. you. I don't know. I sometimes think of buying a bicycle, going, getting a good Schwinn, Schwinn. for a hundred and a quarter. Judge <laughs> 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 for the plaintiff in the amount of $3,500. That's all. Thank Bodies you. are excused. You may step out. We started out as roommates and friends, and now we're neither. I didn't steal the bike. It's an unfortunate situation, and unfortunately, the people who really did it won't be brought to justice. I couldn't look at John without wanting to go after him and uh, physically. Chris can get really violent and um, sometimes physical. I've seen him multiple times just snap. John was part of a bike club called the Roach House, and they had wild parties. Our bike club may have parties, but, I mean, we also do skill shares and help the community. He's kind of crazy, and he doesn't have that much money, and all of a sudden, I started spending money around town. I was working seven days a week, and that's why I had so much money and yeah I'm generous with it and when I go out with my friends I like to help people out like apparently that makes me a bad person now all right
So there uh, you have it, guys. Yeah, I don't know who to believe. <laughs> if I was Judge Judy, I don't know what I'd do. I would, uh, I would tend to believe neither one of them. Right. Yeah. Although I like the guy... <laughs> I like the guy better who was accused of stealing the bike. Well, there's... So let's, let's describe them. There's these two guys, right? And they're both, like, wearing plaid. One's got black and white plaid. The other one's red plaid. Mm-hmm. And the one guy has the neck tattoos and mm-hmm. the bangs over his eyes. Yeah. And the other guy has... A rose tattoo on the palm of his hand. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that either. It may or may not be real. But, um, yeah, so basically just two dudes arguing over a bike that really shouldn't be that expensive. Right. Well, they said it's 3500 Why? Why not? I just feel like if you're a bike messenger and you're riding around... Oh yeah, it's it why would you It's have a trashed, yeah. yeah. And you have yeah. to lock it up. You know, you're constantly hopping on and off. But I like how he says he's like, I have a hundred and fifty dollar like lock yeah. for it. <laughs> like why don't you just get like a cheap bike that nobody wants to steal? What yeah, I think that's the whole point of including them on the bike snob, right? Yeah. That oh absolutely. To, I mean like he describes people like this as having expensive college degrees but all, but choosing to be bike messengers or Yeah. I don't know if these guys had expensive college degrees. He looked like he had trouble with one of the words she used. Well, <laughs> college these days isn't what it used to be. Right, yeah. yeah. Too, but um but yeah, no, the uh Fixie Ride and Hipsters is a is a favorite target of our favorite target of bike snob. Fixie Riding Hipsters is a good name for like a, a band. Or a fixie Riding But is it an ironic band? Like, would they not really be hipsters and they wouldn't really ride fixies? Wait, let me think. Let me think about that. Well, according <coughs> to Bike Snob, a hipster is somebody who mines, the, who like just steals pieces of culture around them to make themselves more attractive to, to possible mates. <laughs> so it would be interesting if somebody stole from them. Stole from how hipsters. Can you? Because all they do is sort of take from. You know, like they took the tattoos from, you know, like an actual subculture of people who had tattoos. Right, right. They took the haircuts from a different subculture and they took, but, and then the bike snob says they took the bikes, which is actually, they found something valuable. So there is some good to what the hipsters do because they popularizing bikes. That's true. That makes, that makes biking safer for everybody. That's true. That's true. That is true. Um... I had a thought and I completely yeah, I, forgot it. I can't it. remember what I was talking about either. We're talking about. What were we talking about? Hipsters on fixies. Hipsy riding. <laughs> Hip, Hipster riding fixies. <laughs> it, it is that way it's with some people. Story. It's a f- like because I think bike snob also talks about people who fetishize their right. bikes as well. And what does that mean? I think it's someone who is obsessed with the uh, the latest the gear and the parts and the. There's that site. Have you seen that site? I can't remember what it's called, but it's just about it's just like sexy pictures of people on their bikes. Is it like bike porn or? But no, it's not bike porn. It's called something else. Um, but I was looking through it once, and people just submitted all these photos, and then Bike Snob had a competition to like make fun of those photos. Uh-huh. Um, people. In provocative positions with their bicycles. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought bike porn was going to be. You know the bike porn film yeah, festival? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be that, like sexy bikes, which I, you know. You, you thought it was going to be sexy bikes? Yeah, I thought it was going to be that. But it was people and bikes. Yeah, it was actual sex. With the with bike. bike. <laughs> Sounds painful. You need a chamois for that. For protection. <laughs> we learned a lot about chamois today. 
We what did. did we learn today? We learned a lot. We learned that some are made from actual goat skin. We learned that Bike Snob is a fan of the chamois. Is a fan of the chamois. Yeah. I guess so. Kristen is not. Right. right. Kristen of Bike Kitchen, not a fan of the chamois. Not a fan. What else? Maybe she's a lone wolf, too. Kristen, a lone wolf? Because really? she was, saying, she was saying that she did all that crazy ride and she didn't wear a chamois. You think she's a lone wolf? She might have lone wolf powers. Do you think lone wolf has a chamois? He might. I think he probably does. I think he probably has yeah. a genuine goat skin chamois. Or maybe it's wolf skin. Whoa. <laughs> no, because that would be like cannibalism. Well, no, because he has to have like a part of his spirit animal with him mm. to ride like the wolf. Maybe. A lone wolf. You might be right. But you know what's interesting about a lone wolf is that lone wolves are generally wolves that have been like kicked out of the pack. Oh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because yeah, wolves are not... They're, they're, they're not... They're, they're not social animals. Yeah, they live in packs. That's so, what they're known for. So, But there, I guess, are lone wolves, and they must have just been screw-ups and, and not able to get along. With mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to say that after calling somebody a lone wolf. Well, but a lone wolf is also, like, maybe one that doesn't... It can, they doesn't can survive the, without yeah. the pack. Doesn't need the pack. Yeah, so... Survive without them better. Yeah, maybe the lone wolf is a... It's a lot of different things. A survivor. So we have, like, nine minutes left. Do you want to talk about AIDS life cycle? Yeah, we're... It is... Is that today, June 6th? No, it's tomorrow, right? June 6th is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's starting tomorrow. And people are going to be yeah. riding... You know, I think it's like 75 to 100 miles a day from San Francisco to L.A. to raise money um, for AIDS research. Um, so it's June 6th through June 12th. Um, yeah, I just noticed because on my Facebook... A bunch of people were like, hey, it's life cycle, day zero, because they're all heading up there, heading up to San Francisco to start. Um, do you know anyone who's who's riding it or has ridden? Or? Um, good question. I'm sure I do, and I, and I know that I do. For some reason, I mean, no names are coming up right now, but um, I've, I've thought of it. Have you thought of it? I've thought of it. My dad definitely. My dad wants to go. Yeah. Like my my dad's always like, let's we're gonna go this year, we're gonna go, and I don't know. Well, I guess it's well, right there. There's right a map. There, it doesn't say where. <laughs> yeah. The road is. Um. Or route. But yeah, it's, you have to like campaign and raise money, get sponsors. I would like to do it. I just don't know if like I'd like to go with my dad. I told him I was like, you know, bike riding involves a lot of hanging out and drinking beer and. <laughs> really? The yeah. AIDS life cycle ride? I think it, I mean, think about it. It's a bunch of cyclists to get together and you guys are like riding 100 miles a day. Yeah. You're going to want like a cold beer afterwards. So the first day is San Francisco to Santa Cruz. Wow. Begins at the Cow Palace in Daly City and ends at Harvey West Park in Santa Cruz. But it doesn't really say what road they're taking. Yeah. Is, are they ever on, like, PCH? Um, you know, I don't... Highway 1? I don't know. I mean, I imagine... Looks like that is. Yeah. 
That's one way. I mean, a lot of a lot of um, cycling events use PCH. Um. Um. But yeah, good luck to everyone who's going yeah. out there. Um, make sure you know how to fix a flat. I'm sure. Don't they have support? <laughs> they do have support, but I mean, we're going to wait for support to like show up, you know? Like they're usually like scattered throughout, you know. There's right. like, you know, hundreds of riders. Right. And everyone should know how to fix a flat. So if you don't know now, all you ALC riders, you should uh, grab a book, look on the internet and try to figure it out uh, tonight. Grab- before you uh, head out, <laughs> um, because that's something you're gonna want to know, and nothing can screw up your ride like a flat. flat. You could get the bike snob book, and it it tells you that he's not even gonna bother to tell you how to. He says in his section on how to maintain your bike, uh-huh. he's got a, a section on flat tires, uh-huh. and all he says is that he's not gonna bother to tell you how to <laughs> do it because it's everywhere, like. You can learn from any source. Yeah. But everybody should know how to do it. Everyone should have a flat kit on them. Um, it's pretty easy. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah. So, good luck to all you riders out there. Make sure you eat plenty of food and you drink plenty of water. Drink more than plenty of water. Um, and you guys are going out for a great cause. And... Uh, an awesome thing and yeah good luck to everyone who's going out there um i actually i just thought of something and i want to bring it up um some of you who are you know familiar with cycling in la might uh know of a kid his name is bobby um you might have seen him in taco tuesdays you might have seen him at microwave but um i don't know if you all know but uh shiku and ian who are also writers more on the west side and good friends of mine who are also mechanics at Microwave, they've kind of taken him under their wing, um, kind of tried to get him off the off the street, you know, because he's like 11 or something and he's, you know, just kind of running around out there by himself. Um, they're trying to give him some kind of structure and um, just all that good stuff. So this summer what they're trying to do is they're trying to get him out to camp. Um, and they are asking for donations to help Bobby go to camp. Um, they've started a little blog, I think, to kind of, you know, track what's going on with that. But um trying to get the <laughs> the URL for you all. But, yeah, um, they've, besides just kind of, like, hanging out with him and providing men- the mentorship that he, you know, doesn't really have at home, they um, they also have kind of started to... Because they, you know, they noticed that he would ride out hella far to go go on these group rides. Um, so they have actually enrolled him in like bike, like he's training to race, um, which is cool. And um, he, they take him into the biker wave, and he learns bike mechanics and everything. So yeah, they've really taken him under. Um, so wait, he was. I'm sorry, he was living on the street. He wasn't on the street. He just, like, didn't have, like, as much parental supervision at home. Um, you know, like, nobody was home after school kind of thing. Like, nobody was there watching him. And he, he's a young kid. He's a young, smart, you know, interesting kid. And he kind of out there and, like, all this potential is kind of not really being directed. So <clears throat> when they saw, like, when Shiku and Ian saw how interested he is in, in bicycles and riding, they, um, you know, kind of started to, to like, guide, try to 
shape that potential and that energy that he has. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, it's a lot of work um, kind of helping out with this kid. And, uh, yeah, so they're trying to get him to go to camp. I think for him to experience camp, but also maybe to give them a bit of a break this summer. Um, so, like I said, they're asking for donations. And I will give you the address for the blog in just a second as this computer slowly loads. Um, You're doing good typing with one hand there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, doing what I can. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to pull this up. I'm sure you guys have seen it somewhere on Facebook. Like, it's been kind of going around. Um, every little bit counts. And um, the camp itself is not, surprisingly, not that, you know, expensive. So they have almost, you know, they're nearing their goal. It's totally within um, within reach. Hang on, where is it? Sorry, guys. Man, I should really, really, like, go through my email and clean out all of this stuff. All right. We have, we have like, two minutes. Yeah, we're cool. <laughs> this computer from, like, 1995 or something? <laughs> uh, it is slow. Give this awesome kid an There it is. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay, sorry, he's 12. Um, so yeah, they, they've arranged for the camp to be like, uh, it'll be a thousand, thousand two dollars for the entire summer. Um, so it's only about like $110 per week. And this is a, an overnight summer camp. Um, Oh yeah, and his mom, another reason that they are trying to do this is his mom, Bobby's mother is, um, undergoing major heart surgery. And, uh, they're just trying to kind of make it easier for everyone, um, so that Bobby has stuff to do and that his mom can kind of have the space and the time to recuperate. You know, heart surgery is pretty intense. Um, they've already co- collected and contributed $175 to the effort. Um, but they, you know, they obviously need more. Um, you can make your donation through PayPal. And then let's see. So, yeah, there's also a blog. Again, like I said, I'm trying to get that address for y'all. Okay. It's um, Bobby Goes to Camp, spelled exactly like that, no spaces, dot wordpress.com. And that's no, no www in front of that. It's just http colon forward slash forward slash Bobby Goes to Camp, spelled exactly like that. .wordpress.com. No, that's not his hair. It's a hat. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, check out the blog. Check out that URL. Um, you know, every every cent counts. Every dollar counts. Um, there's a link on there to um, the PayPal donation page. You can make your donation right now. Um, and he's... I've... I've had chance to, you know, kind of talk and, and interact with Bobby and he's a he's a cool he's a cool kid. Um he I would say like since Shiku and Ian Ian have taken him under their wing, um he's just his energy is a lot more directed, he's a lot more focused. Um so yeah, I mean this is really an exceptional kind of um opportunity for a kid who may not get something like this to finally have it, um, you know, we, 
It'll be fun for him to go to camp. It'll be a great learning experience for him. And, uh, you know, donating always makes you feel good, right? So um, when you're considering, I don't know, that Starbucks or that McDonald's or, you know, whatever today, and maybe you think that you could put that toward, you know, Bobby's trip to summer, well, summer I, camp. I know. I, that, you know, every once in a while you meet a kid that you're like, oh, my God, this kid is so great. If only he or she had some opportunities, you know, what they could make out of, out of the you know their life they seem like they're smart but they just don't have any uh resources yeah i can i I know how you uh must feel it and this looks great everybody should go to bobbygoestocamp.wordpress.com and major thanks to shiku and ian for setting this up and thanks to bike snob and the ladies from bicycle kitchen molly and Kristen. yes and thanks to bobby from cyclovia and thanks to kpfk for podcasting us Awesome. We'll talk to you guys later.